Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Yuma Scene. Today's episode, we are joined by my good friend, Austin German. This will be the first episode of a Zoom series. I am trying some new stuff out in Zoom. I'll be talking to Austin right here, and I'm going to have his little thing. But I wanted to film a separate introduction because uh, your boy's a dummy. And when I started the original recording, I didn't press record on the mic, so the audio isn't the best. Um, I want to go ahead and, and say um, the the Zoom stuff is kind of difficult on the technical part, so I apologize for any audio and video mishaps, but um, we tried our best. We're going to learn and we're going to um, we're gonna evolve from this process, So, but you know, you don't learn and evolve unless you try and you start, so... Uh, this is going to be the first episode of Zoom podcast. Um, like I said, we have our good friend Austin German. Uh, Austin German was a was is a good friend of mine, and like I said, he's an author, um, skateboarder, and um, you know he was a a really big influence and a and a big help on you know the origins of this whole Yuma scene project. He was the first one that um, I was able to make a little short documentary video on when he first started uh, his his uh, his. Um, his what's the word i'm looking for <laughs> his journey as an author so you know it was i appreciate him giving me the the time and in the and um and uh just his just his his effort towards helping me um create this brand that is yuma scene so uh he's i've known him for a long time and he's and he's really been a uh been a huge influence on this on this brand and in this podcast so um without further ado here is the Zoom podcast with Austin German. Thanks, guys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Yuma Scene. This episode is a very special one. It is the first of its genre. It is a Zoom podcast. I don't know what the results are going to be. I tried my hardest. <laughs> I crossed my eyes. Wait, I dotted my eyes, crossed my T's, and uh, we have a very special guest. And I think it was only proper to bring uh, this person back because he is a good friend of my, a good friend of mine an author, a uh, skateboarder, and somebody that has helped me from the beginning of this whole Yuma Scene project. His name is Austin German. What is up, my dude? Not much, man. Hanging in there in these crazy-ass COVID times. <laughs> I mean, we haven't, we, you know, we haven't kept touch as, as best as I could, you know, just as like everybody on social media, but, you know, it's just like, hey, what's up here, you know, supporting each other. But so for you... You know, obviously you used to live here in Yuma and we yeah. grew up skating with each other and, you know, you went off and to do your own creative endeavors, but where are you living? Where are you living right now? Uh, I'm currently in Everett, Washington, Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And then you move. And then how long ago did you move over there again? Uh, two and a half years, almost three. It was, it was something else, dude. I tell you, I don't think I'd do it again, but <laughs> I love where I love where I live now. So, but yeah, just the drive, dude, from Yuma all the way up here was like four days. Holy shit! Yeah, and I hooked up a U-Haul at the end of my Jeep and just went for it. Yeah. So, what made you want to move all the way? I for, I forget, man. I feel like I've just I'm like I'm just meeting you again because I haven't talked to you in so long. Yeah. Well, it's a super oh super long story, but just uh, so I met this girl. She had family up here. She wanted out of Yuma. I wanted out of Yuma. So we kind of just went for it. We didn't work out. So I just stayed. <laughs> that, that's the gist. That's the gist of it. Not the whole long ag agonizing, you know. <laughs> so did you never yeah. thought of coming back or you kind of just ended up enjoying it over there? 
Uh, I ended up enjoying it. I mean, before COVID hit, uh, we have a really good economy up here. Um, so to kind of get into a little more of the detail of it. So obviously I was a delivery driver the last time we talked for Lowe's, right? So down in Yuma, they decided to go third party, which meant that I wasn't going to be a driver anymore. So I was kind of just not like a dead end position, but it wasn't something that I want to do with Lowe's. And uh, I saw an opportunity to move and I transferred. So I had a job up here with Lowe's before I even had a place to live. (laughs) So it was like, hey, you got three days, you got to be here or four days, you got to be here on Tuesday at 6 a.m. So you coming? Oh, yep, I'll be there. So (laughs) we just... We got, I got in the U-Haul, put half of the stuff from my house. The rest of it's all uh, in storage still down in Yuma, but, um, Oh shit. Yeah. So I came up, came up here, was a delivery driver, uh, for up here. I mean, driving a 26 foot truck in Seattle is no joke, man. Like it was, it's funny. Cause in Yuma, you know, people say, Oh, snowbirds and you know, like all oh, these fucking North people suck, but no, everybody up here just sucks at driving, dude. Super <laughs> nice, super nice people, but every car has a ding and it's like, Oh, that's a stop sign. Nobody's there. I don't have to stop. Is that a curb? Oh, I'm going to hit it. Like they, they, it's just everybody, dude, not just old people. What do you, everybody. what do you think it is about the driving over there in Washington that makes everybody a shitty driver? Well, for one thing, nobody's really in a hurry. So like I'm used to driving in Phoenix, Los Angeles, Hollywood, you know, California, Colorado on all the trips I've ever gone on. And up here, it's just like, oh, well, we're enjoying the woods. We're just going at our own pace. And then when winter comes, like there was ice on the ground this morning and stuff. So I think people, yeah, I think people just have gotten used to going slow. So uh and and for somebody yeah. like you, like you mentioned, you know, being from Yuma, there, I mean, there's a little bit of a rush, but not as much as you're explaining. And then also in Phoenix, mm-hmm. it's the complete opposite. The most dude rush. for real. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if, you, it, you, you if you're on a bike, you better watch out, dude. Nobody watches for you in Phoenix, dude. You get oh, hit you're all the so time. dead. Even here, man. Like, <laughs> you know, you'll be driving down, and I'm actually one of those people too. Like, it, you know, even though everything is about five minutes away, you're still kind of like in this weird rush. Like, get the fuck out of my way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but are I mean, so, it's it was it was a positive thing for me, even if the circumstances turned out to be negative, because my pay went up big time up here, and uh, Lowe's has been really good to me. I actually, so when we broke up, I didn't know what to do because um, having Titan, it was really hard to find a place to rent. So I had to leave the apartment because we were broken up. And I went down to my landlord and I said, hey, I don't have a place to live. Do you have anything available? And she was like, well, I have a two bedroom. If you can find a roommate within a month or two, you know, I'll if you just give me 500 bucks, I'll hold it for you. You can move in tomorrow, but you're just going to have to make up the rest uh, at the end of the month. I was like, oh, shit. OK, cool. So luckily I met uh, I went to the skate park down in Kenmore and I met my buddy Hunter, who's my roommate now. And uh, yeah, we just from we became friends and now his girlfriend and him just bought a house and now i'm renting a room from them so oh dude that's tough you always gotta you always gotta be thankful for your homies especially ones like that yeah for real because i was like man what am i gonna do like i'm i do not want to go back to arizona man i mean northern arizona i like but just growing up in the south dude i want to experience all this you know i need the trees and then like you go south a little bit we have the ocean oh hell yeah it's yeah, it's badass. Yeah. So that's like yeah. uh that's 
the Northwest, right? Pacific. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was gonna say because that's super different from what we experience over here, being from like the Southwest and going to like California and like San Diego. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Super different vibe. Yeah, and a lot of people they're they're just friendly, man. It's so crazy. Like this all like the drive up here through Oregon, but then right when I got into Washington, people are just like, "Hey, how's it going?" and super nice. I mean, COVID kind of put like a damper on people's spirits, you know, but honestly, everybody up here always looks out for each other. And, uh, there's really no big issues. I mean, there's a lot of like meth up in, up in North Everett, not really where I live, but yeah. that's going to be anywhere. You're going to have stupid crap like that. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean, um, cause for you, like you grew up in over here in Arizona, right? Like you never lived anywhere yeah. else. Uh, I was born in Fresno, California. Okay. The gang started getting so crazy, so my mom and dad wanted to move to where my mom's parents were, which was Yuma. And then, yeah, I've been there ever since 2017. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. How crazy, man! Yeah, I was gonna say because, yeah. um, I mean, uh, hold on one second. I think I, I think we're good. I had I had not been recording on this thing, so I was like, I fucked up. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> I know. I don't know if I want to restart it or what, but I don't know. I think we. I think we'll be good. I. I think it'll just recut. Right. Fuck no it. No worries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck want. it. We'll just keep going. Uh, I'll cut that part right, out. Cool. But um, I mean, yeah. Like for you know, I'm and for somebody you know, as we grow up, like you know, we grew up skating together and we were friends and uh, you know, being from here, it's and as you grow up, people move away and it's kind of it's kind of interesting because, you know, people take different paths. And I know for you, you know, you grew into this, uh, I mean, you grew up, you grew into this, this, uh, this, this, uh, this passion for writing and, you yeah. know, it kind of took you, it, this is kind of where it took you, which is awesome. Cause the last time we spoke and I was explaining in the pre podcast thing that I do that, uh, you know, you were one of the first people to help, uh, help me out with this whole Yuma scene project. And that was right around when you were writing perennial harvest. And I remember we went to your house here in Yuma. We did the oh, whole yeah. like interview. We, we did like the whole little, and that was on Instagram. It was only like a minute long. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, that was tight though. Yeah, that All was the fun. Font and the music and yeah, it was badass. Yeah, it was totally, and that was like before Instagram limited uh, your usage of music. Remember the copyright shit? Yeah, uh-huh. and I was able and to use a Led Zeppelin al- song. It was before the uh, new algorithm and crap too. It's such bullshit. Yeah. And I and I remember yeah. uh, I was able to use that that Led Zeppelin song for you, and I was like, oh, this is tight. Like this Hell is this yeah. whole yeah, yeah. experience. But it's- that was. So many people told me that was me 100%, man. They were so stoked that that no quarter was playing, dude. Yeah, and just the vibes, <laughs> yeah. dude. And I was like, oh, this is cool because, you know, when you wrote that book, it was fun for me because that was kind of like the whole point of like the Yuma scene thing was I was like, okay, let me take these people who I think are super inspiring and rad and, you know, then from my area because at the time, you know, we were, I was living in Phoenix, you were here and you were making this book and, you know, I was like, dude, let me just share the stories for people because I have these abilities and it's, you know, same thing, different medium, but, um, you know, fast forward to now and you're on your, dude, your new book. What a journey though, dude. Like just thinking about that so much has like, changed changed i've grown a lot more in my writing and experienced some craziness i mean it's no cakewalk dude and i'm thankful even to be on here and have you as a creative support too because i mean you can't do this stuff alone dude definitely can't no man and people think like you know creative endeavors are kind of like a solo effort but you know it's it kind of takes a community as far as you know there's parts like there's parts in it that um that are involved like um you know 
kind of some 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 solo time and some time to yourself and just some you know um just to be separated from everybody but you know from you you know i wanted to talk to you because i wanted to hear a little bit about from from perennial harvest to now like you know what is the process and what was the inspiration behind this new book and you know tell me a little about it okay well uh so i was uh finishing up dead diaries right before moving up here yeah and it wasn't until moving up here like i said where i was able to get a little bit of a pay increase i was able to like put stuff aside so i ended up going to rock and shock over on the east coast in massachusetts and it's a convention that i've gone to twice and then the third time i ran i I got to vend my books there and i was kind of nervous because i was like okay i know perennial harvest is good dead diaries is great but the covers aren't that good And then I wrote one kind of fast called Lunar Dreams, which was like a representation of what I had gone through um, during a really bad breakup with somebody and their demons and me fighting my own demons. And I needed to get that book out there. So I did. And then I took those two dead diaries and and, uh, Lunar Dreams, it's called over there. And somehow, man, like, I mean, Amazon screwed me up because the covers were kind of damaged and I was still there and I was presenting myself and you could tell walking past my table, they're like, Oh, he's self-made. But like, not that I was the ghettoest looking table, but I, I knew I was like, dude, like I'm at this big ass convention and I'm like, I flew all these miles from Washington. Like, fuck, like I was nervous. But then when the horror community reached out to me, they came over, shook my hand, took pictures with me. I took 60 books and I sold um, 28. Oh, hell yeah. So, yeah, I was pretty stoked. I also met um, that Strange Show podcast, uh, Angel and Ryan and Mandy that run that. And then uh, Evil Lance, he's an artist. And then Studio Catoween was a table across from me. And just through making those connections, becoming friends with them, led me to discover an artist named uh, Oscara who did the cover art for my newest book called The Feed. So I was grateful and happy that I was able to do my first convention where more where more people showed me the most love compared to bookstores tell, shutting the door on my face. So it was like a crazy journey because first I had moved up here with a girl that I thought was going to work out, but kind of like knowing in the back of my mind, like, man, I'm, I'm crazy. This uh, you have you live once, so you know yeah. this is what I want. I want I want out of Yuma, so <laughs> I'm gonna do it. So I did it, and then that all happened. Um, so in the feed and lunar dreams, but really the feed, there's parallels between addiction and depression, and it has to do with a lake monster, but also like a sex cult. Like it's really, yeah, it's really crazy, dude, but it's a short novella. It's like 150 pages. Okay. But, um, all those experiences led to me finalizing it and finishing it and meeting those people to, um, help me out in my journey to be a writer because without a good cover, I knew I was risking it, man. That was the biggest thing I was worried about. I, I was like, my writing speaks for itself. Everybody praises it, but if you don't have a good cover, you know, and I'm completely like illiterate to tech stuff, dude. So like just the other night, Angel was on the Skype with me, walking me through formatting my new book and everything. But yeah, yeah. so it's 
it's been crazy, man. You know, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting hearing you speak about that because those are things that people really wouldn't consider, you know, being a writer like yourself, like you can Mm -hmm. do as much as you can on the writing end, on the literature part. But like you were saying, if the presentation isn't there, it can be kind of difficult. So when you were talking about when you had those books, is it like, were the books like physically damaged? Yeah. So like on Dead Diaries, the freaking color scheme, they fucked up and it looks all smoky. So then my dad, who was at the convention, was like, oh, that's kind of cool, man. Don't worry. It's all smoky and kind of like <laughs> sinister. And I was like, dude, it looks like crap. But this looks like shit. I'm here. So whatever. Yeah. So and then actually, uh, one of the authors, um, Sam Merezadino, I hope I don't butcher his name, yeah, he but knows. we became friends at the very first Rock and Shock that I went to over there. And we've kept in contact for so long. And he's an author. He does um, adult kid books called If You Give a, a Bear a Bong. And like Prince of Pieces was the first one I read where Jesus comes off the cross and kills people. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. So he's a pretty cool dude and he's helped me a lot and has encouraged me. And uh, just all those guys on the East coast have really helped out. And then it's weird because in Washington, me and uh, another author, Matt Shaw from the UK, we were supposed to do a convention in Oregon and they canceled it and took all our money and fled. So that was yeah, that was kind of screwed up. So it's interesting that I met all those people over there and have become great friends, but it's harder to find a horror community on the West Coast. But I know it's here and it's kind of like COVID shut it down because they have a big convention in Seattle, Crypticon, that I've been trying to get into. But I mean, it's crazy, man. Those table spots open up and then they're just gone instantly. So were those conventions, that was a big networking opportunity for you? Oh yeah, de- definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause like they, they read it and they read, they reach out to me like, dude, where are you from? Like, I can't believe you wrote, wrote this. Like, you're so good. Like, come on, man. Like they, they're all on board. They, we all love each other. Dude, the horror community is one of the best communities I've ever yeah. been a part of that. I didn't even know I was going to get to be a part of just starting out, you know? Yeah. 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 Cause I was going to no goal. It was just me writing. I just wanted to write. I didn't really have an end goal in my head you know it's just to write yeah and it so this new book that you wrote you said was a lot of it was inspired by your your previous experiences yeah um so it's about a guy a musician who has a troubling past both him and his wife they decide to leave los angeles to move up to uh slumberland washington which is a made-up town but i base it off a town called carnation for any washingtonians that are listening and um So slowly but surely, weird stuff happens as, you know, usual, but his son gets kidnapped and then he starts to uncover a secret and a conspiracy that the town's ancient religion is like founded on. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the, like the addiction part of it is like him being a musician dealing with like substance abuse, but his wife at the same time was sent to, uh, without giving too much away, she had to go get like um an asylum and stuff and get doctors to look at her because she was talking all crazy about aliens and stuff and yeah the other side of that was there's a teacher who has a very bad uh alcohol problem and is bulimic and so i blended all those together to give all these characters 
more depth and hopefully we all have struggles and demons. So hopefully the reader can relate to the characters. And that's what I was really shooting for with this story. So it was a lot, a lot of the, you know, the struggles and and the, the adversity you're talking about with your characters, a lot of, a lot of that stuff is based on, you know, it was a lot of it based on the things that happened to you or things that, you know, that you experienced Um, by talking to other people. 50 50 um i'm i obviously aren't really big into alcohol never really have been i mean i love jameson and you know (laughs) wine and shit but i wouldn't go out of my way to get tore up to make myself feel better because i'm depressed or um i guess i can put it out there i mean it's cool uh we haven't talked in like a year and a half and she has already told people her problems but you know my ex was a raging alcoholic and she didn't get angry. It wasn't really rage, but it was to help her eat because she had an eating disorder. And so it took my life for a spin, realizing that these are real struggles with people and you have to be there for them. And I would get her like her favorite food, but make sure it was a small portion and everything. And I would make sure that she was comfortable. I mean, I was doing everything that I could to help her and not judge her and not tell her like, Hey, like you need to go to the doctor. Yeah. It wasn't until she overdosed twice where I was like, all right, like I'm out because she would drink really hard so that she would be comfortable enough to eat. And I guess, um, I'm, I don't have any of those issues and I don't want to speak for people that do, but I guess from what I learned being with her is she had to, that's the only thing she felt she could control in her life was her weight. And the minute that she couldn't control that her whole life spiraled out of control, but it came from stuff of her upbringing just like all of us have different upbringings and we have to learn to deal with the past, you know? So it was, it was an eye opener and, you know, she's a great person. Um, we just didn't work out. It was, it was too much for both of us, you know, like somebody that doesn't want to get better with somebody that is trying just to be there for them and be there for, um, their daughter as well. I mean, I took on a lot, dude. I mean, a lot of my, close friends were like, man, you're crazy. Do you moving up there with somebody and, and their daughter? And I was just like, you know, it, we make decisions and we had to stand by them. And this is what I wanted. And it turned out to be very great. You know, it turned out to be positive, even if elements of it were, were, were challenging. And so yeah. she has a daughter, you said? Yeah, she does. Oh, yeah. Okay, man. You know, well, first off, um, a, that was heavy. B, I appreciate you <laughs> sharing that. No, 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 don't say, so. did you say sorry? Yeah, man. Don't say sorry. No, the mood. no, okay, man. Um, okay. I mean, you know me, I, I, I love, you know, I'm not going to make anybody share. I had no idea that was a thing. And, you know, it's, and I don't want to say unfortunate because you, and I think you and I both know that, you know, experiences aren't really bad They're You know, they make you who you are now. It, it just yeah. it hurts in the moment. And I, but honestly, I appreciate you sharing that with me because I think, you know, a lot of us know, um, everybody knows somebody who's dealing with some sort of addiction and we, and it, and it kind of, it kind of, uh, and it kind of holds in, in grips their life in a way that, you know, people that don't have addictions like that couldn't understand, you know, people do it with, with, mm-hmm. um, people would do it with drugs, people do it with, uh, with, with marijuana and people do it with alcohol, like it, and, you know, for people like you and I that don't really have, you know, a strong pull, maybe caffeine, uh, sex, you know, who knows, but like, you know, people get pulled in these things that, that, you know, don't understand. So, you know, when you were telling me that story, it was really interesting because, you know, we all know, you know, people come in my mind, family members, people that I know that like, 
that do through that, that, that have to go through that, you know, but for somebody like you in that situation, you know, maybe somebody that's listening to this, like at what point did, did you decide, okay, you know what, you know, we need to like separate and I can't help so this big, person. And, so the you biggest know, issue was, uh, even before I moved up here with them, she had gotten really trashed one night and it was hard for me to experience it because I thought at first that it wasn't bulimia until like, um, I woke up to go to work one day and she had thrown up in the, in the bathtub and she had slept sleepwalk or whatever you call Shit. it, pick, picked up my TV and put it on the stove and almost broke the PlayStation, everything like walking in her sleep. And she was always falling over Titan and everything because oh, she couldn't function unless she had alcohol in her. Damn. So we still moved up here and everything. And I kept telling myself like, no, this is good because you're, you're, First off, it's a big benefit for her daughter to be around family that is up here in mm -hmm. case anything ever did really, really happen to the to her mom. So one time I sat down with her and I was like, hey, so you need to I'm not trying to be a father figure necessarily or try to tell you how to be a mom. But like your daughter is 12 years old, 11 years old. You're not going to get these years back with with her and i know because i come from a split family and from a divorce and all this other family yeah stuff and that, that most families deal with you know no family is perfect and if you are well <laughs> i don't think they exist but yeah so she's like oh okay yeah i guess i'll start taking her to dinner every monday and i said yes just you two go out do girly things spend time with your daughter that's that's excellent idea you know so she goes out and goes to dinner and comes back and she has all this beer in her hand. And I was like, okay, what are you doing with beer? I thought you said that you were trying to quit or slow down. Oh, it was on sale. And, Hello? you know, um, I'm trying to quit smoking oh, shit, too. So like, I have the I can't. I don't think I, I can hear you, dude. On. Oh, yeah. Let me see. Oh, what happened? Might have clicked something. You're good now, though. Oh, okay, cool. So, okay. So, like, so no, you're saying like my... them go out. Okay. Yeah, she went out with her daughter and then came back and she had beer in her hand. So I was like, okay, I thought you said you're going to try to cut down a little bit or that you were going to stop. Well, you know, it was on sale and I have the patch on to, to quit smoking for us. So I'm trying to do that. And I said, okay, you know, I'm not going to fight. You got to pick my, you know, pick your battles, you know. Mm -hmm. So she starts to go in the bedroom and gets undressed or whatever and is all laying in there. And I'm just out writing on the laptop, you know, mind my own business. And then she gets up and almost stumbles and falls into the hallway of the apartment, goes in the bathroom and starts like violently vomiting, dude, like just oh, vomiting. And she's all, I don't feel so good. You need to call somebody. And I was like, well, who, who do you want me to call your mom? You know, she lives an hour away down in, in Kent, you know, like what, what do you, I'm going to call the paramedics. No, don't call the police. I was like, it's not calling the police. I need to call the paramedics. Call you know? the fucking like, police. Call and the then she starts, she starts shaking, right? And there's all this vomit on her and then she starts shaking. Oh, so I get her back in the bedroom. She's like, I need to lay down. I need to lay down. And I said, okay. So we, I lay her down and then she goes, just call, just call. So I end up calling the paramedics and then she starts like, like shaking, dude, like going crazy. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like. That my home, I was calm, but in my head, I'm just like, fuck, like this is insane. So then she falls off the bed. And I don't know if you've, if you've ever had a dead weight before, like to lift somebody up that's in that 
in that moment of crisis. Yeah. So I told her daughter, man, I was like, I was like, Hey, I feel really bad. I need you to come in here and help me lift your mom on the bed. So she does. And she's like, is my mom going to be okay? What's going on? I said, yes, she has pulse. Everything is okay. I need you to take Titan into your bedroom and stay there. And then I was on the phone with the paramedics at the same time. And I said, I don't know. She's convulsing. Um, I think she had a lot to drink. I'm not sure. Um, they considered it overdose. They thought she was on drugs. So oh. the paramedics show paramedics show up and um, she gets on the gurney or whatever. And they have to carry her out because she can't function. Like she legit is just like her body shutting down. So then I call her mom and let her know what's going on. So her mom can meet us at the hospital. And then I take her daughter um, to the hospital as well and come to find out I I asked her daughter, I said, what did she eat or drink at, um, at dinner? Oh, she had, uh, some bloody, uh, those bloody Mary drinks. And, um, I said, well, how many of those? Well, I don't know, maybe two or something. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, that's not that much, but okay. And I was like, did she eat it, eat anything? And she was like, no, she didn't eat anything. And I go, okay. So that's, that's it, yeah. what it, you know? Yeah. So then um, I get, we get back the hospital report and everything. She had overdosed on a nicotine patch. So with no food and all that alcohol, and then she had a weed in her system as well. She put on 40 some milligrams or some God awful amount of the patch, like three patches onto her body. Yeah. And the rush, she overdosed on the nicotine patch. Oh, shit. And I just, I just told her, I was like, you know what? Either you stop drinking now and seek help or we're done. And sure enough, a month later we were, we were done and yeah. it sucks, but I really hope she's doing good now. But you know, people have to change for themselves. You can't change people. You can be there for them. You can be understanding, but I wasn't totally understanding until it was actually in my face, like seeing somebody push food away and start crying because they're scared of eating food because of their weight. Like it's a psychological barrier that was so intense, so eggshell like 24 yeah. seven. And I had, it might sound selfish, but sometimes you have to be, I could not deal with that, man. It was really, 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 really difficult. Cause I feel like now as we're older, like I'm going to be 30 in February and like getting into a relationship, it's like, you have to be happy by yourself. And then that person adds something to your life and you grow together. There should be audio. some type of um, Let me see. people that bring down or codependency or anything like that, you know? Oh, can, can you hear, hear me? me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Sorry. You were All saying, right, yeah. uh, you know, being in a relationship, uh, being by yourself, you have to be happy with yourself. Yeah, happy with yourself first. And then when somebody comes in, they bring something that both of you can grow together. They enrich your life, not codependency or bring you down all the time, you know? Yeah, man. You know, I appreciate you sharing that because I think for a lot of people, you know, you know, relationships are tough. And I agree with what you're saying because, you know, um, I 100% believe in what you believe in when and support what you're saying when it's like it should be somebody that you know, enriches your life and, you know, isn't wanting to, to, um, to change you even, uh, it's, it's somebody that, you know, it's somebody that, yeah. you know, uh, and, and enlightens and, and uplifts your life and makes it better. And, you know, necessarily doesn't really make it harder. Um, I think that, 
you know, when you get into a relationship, uh, you know, emotions are so high and then that can wear off and then you start to really understand who somebody is and it's really hard for people to want to like break that off or even admit that like people grow apart, you know? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So people uh, change every day. You just have to let, you have to have room for growth. You know, you're not the same person that you were yesterday or last week or, you know, and you're not going to be the same person tomorrow because you're, it's a constant journey of learning, you know? Yeah. Um, for I you, always try to tell uh, people like, uh, none of us asked to be here, so we should all just try to get along, you know, like I'm thankful I was born, but I didn't, <laughs> you know, none of us asked to be here and we're all over here fighting and being shitheads half the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. And like a lot of stuff too, man, you know, even, you know, on a personal level, I've been trying to, you know, I, I did a podcast. The last one I did was a very emotional one because there's some like mental hurdles that I'm trying to get over, like with resentment mm -hmm. and just anger and shit. And I'm like, and I admitted on that podcast, like, dude, I can't fucking help it. This is just like who I am. Like, I'm trying to not be an asshole, like while this is happening, but like, it's, it's hard. And this is me trying to just, you know, put efforts. But I think a lot of people, um, you know, and including my, and I, and I try not to say a lot of people because, you know, usually it's like you and another person, <laughs> but, yeah. um, I try to, uh, you know, I think it's easy for me to, in my ego to get in the way and not like to admit that, you know, I just, I, I can't handle the situation right now or like, you know, where I just don't understand. And I, lately I've been trying to just be a lot more vulnerable in that sense and be like, I, I don't know what's going on and I need time to just figure it out, you know? Mm -hmm. But like, you and know, time I'm, is a killer, man. It can be like a good, a good thing, you know, it can help or it can definitely destroy. Time is, is very brutal. Yeah. So, you know, after that experience, is that what really fueled the, um, the inspiration for, that's what fueled the inspiration for the book? Yeah. So like this book here, there it journey. is. Yeah. So basically it's like romantic horror because there's like poems in it, but there's also like three short horror stories, but each one has a love, um, metaphor in it. So like the first story is about a haunted mattress Oh, that shit. if anybody has anybody that has sex on it the demon comes up and takes you to hell oh hell no you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you oh, know? Hell and no. then it's like <laughs> yeah then the second story is about um i'll just get personal on this i don't care most of the time everybody knows anyway but so the second story is called the web and it was about I got the idea from being on deliveries down there and driving past this one house. And it was this girl's house that I always liked, dude. I mean, she was amazing. And I, she's the one chick that I could, would probably do anything for if she needed, like needed anything. I'd be like, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm there for you. We're really, really good friends, but I always had a crush on her. And you know, when you're young, like I think I was a sophomore maybe when we met, we dated for like a month, you know, but yeah. you know, as time like we're talking about time you know time just decides different paths for people and uh it was funny because one day on deliveries i was delivering to this house and i was installing the washer and dryer and all the normal stuff that i do and there was a knock or a door yeah there was a knock first and then a ding dong and the old lady was like uh hey uh can you answer the door for me and i go what this lady wants me to answer the door okay you know maybe i i mean i don't want to sound disrespectful saying old you know but i thought maybe she was an elderly woman and maybe she just needed help answering the door i had no idea who she was right she geese. so i go i go to the door and i open it and that chick is standing there 
Oh shit. And I I go, what? I go, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. She gave me a hug. She's like, what are you doing at my grandma's house? I was like, oh, I'm delivering. You remember? Like I'm the delivery driver, remember? <laughs> <laughs> and I go, what, really? So yeah, she hugged me and she's like, oh, this is my husband, blah, blah. I go, oh, hi, nice to meet you. Oh, damn it. <laughs> and yeah, you know, so then I left and then I got the story idea for the web about a chick that keeps coming back into this guy's life but he keeps missing every opportunity to uh. ask her like, Hey, what happened with us? You know? And so that's what that story is about. And it's called the web because there's a twist at the end, not to give too much away, but it has to do with being entangled in webs of your life and love and people that come into it. So that one. And then the third story takes place after I met a girl up here that I really, really liked and she pretty much destroyed me too. So I've been single for like two and a half years now, man. Because these bitches, dude, it wasn't worth it. Wasn't <laughs> worth getting my heart. You know, it was it was nuts. But so that's what that story was about at the very end, called the Gypsy and the Bear. Ooh. And my friend Anthony Fornoff, um, he's a a creative as well. He's a painter, an artist. He just did his own deck of cards or something like that as well. He did the artwork for Lunar Dreams. So. This one, so if you can see it, that's the gypsy and the bear. Oh, shit. Yeah, so pretty yeah. cool. Pretty pretty awesome. And uh, then there's like poems in it that reflect m- the state of my heart um, at the time. And I kind of want to read one so I can tell another story if that's cool. Yo, dude, go for it. Yeah, okay. So this one's called Sunflowers of Yesterday. And then... Oh, that's see. tight. Yeah, so Anthony's pretty cool. It looks very Stephen Salazar-ish. Yeah, it does. Actually, I thought that the same thing. I almost made t-shirts of this one or the bear and the gypsy. But um, So the poem goes, Stepping into the forest, nature is her color. The trees whisper as my heart flutters. When I taste her spring, it refreshes my soul like well water and embraces safety and comfort like shade from conifers. In the morning, the sun shall rise. I open my eyes to hers. As radiant as sunflowers, her face remains like the rays of warmth. Her soul flows in my veins. Damn, boy. Yeah, so I wrote that because me and her used to go on these little dates to get the water out of the well because we were both hippie, you know, like I yeah, turned yeah. into a big hip, hippie up here. But so that's just part of that, you know, and it was a very personal book for me to put out, but I felt like I... I needed to because I was going kind of crazy and this has always been my avenue besides skateboarding. You know, I have to write so that I can get all this stuff off my chest or I'd probably go crazy. So then now that leads me into the feed where I went back to like a novel type form. Um, It's funny because all the characters names in the feed, I actually met up here so like the main character's name is Raymond he's a co-worker up here I didn't even know him I just named the character Raymond and then coming up here there's a dude named Raymond that's become one of my good um friends at work so yeah it's it's been crazy man it's been such a amazing journey so far into just having these experiences to write about because if I don't have experiences I can't be a writer you know you have to read and experience just as much as you write and experience. Yeah. 
Um, I was going to uh, ask, um, you know, for, for, as a creative, it's always fun to, um, as a creative myself, it's always fun to, uh, talk to people like yourself. And, you know, I, I had just taken photos of, of, uh, like a chef and it's always cool to see different people's processes and how they deal and how they manage their creativity to like spark the most in themselves. And like, for you, where do you find, what are some of the things that you do to keep your creativity at its peak or to maintain it? And like, um, well, we'll start with that. What are some things that you do for your creativity to like, to maintain and, and to try to stay in, inspired? Well, um, oh, and the reason I read that poem, so this kind of goes into it too. So at Rock and Shock at the convention, some of the ways I stay motivated is that people actually walked up to me and um, wanted to hear my stories, wanted to talk to me about writing or show interest. And I was so grateful and blown away. I mean, I had a line at one time with about 10 people in it just waiting to meet me. And it was crazy to be on the other side of the table. And so this this um, girl and her boyfriend or husband walk up and she goes, oh, did you draw that sunflower? And I said, no, but Hold it's on one second. it seems book. like it cut off. It's featured in this book, uh, Lunar Dreams, that I wrote. And Can it's a me? poem. Sorry, guys. Can you hear me? Zoom. I can't hear you. I don't know what happened. Can you hear I me? I think it might be uh, somebody's connection. Yeah, I think it's mine. I don't know what else I yeah. can... Um, you, might, you might go tell, I I tell your roommate to log off the of. internet. <laughs> Does he play Let's Call see. of Duty or anything? <laughs> no, 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 no. It says uh, medium speed. Yeah, it's like Can you hear me now? it's okay. super choppy. Huh. Well, we'll just give it a shot because uh, it looks like everything else is good. So yeah, no, just go ahead and riff it. And then, you know, I think the audio on the other thing will be good. So go for it. Okay. So in, yeah, standing in way uh, at Rock and Shock and the girl and her boyfriend or husband come up to me and they say, hey, did you write or did you draw that uh, sunflower? I said, no, uh, my buddy did. He He did the artwork for Lunar Dreams right here that I wrote. And she's like, oh, well, I'll take that print and I'll take the book. But can you write something on the back of the drawing? I was like, holy, okay. I was like, what would you like me to write? Well, you know, she almost started crying. She's like, my friend's in the hospital and she really loves sunflowers. And I was like, oh, man, okay. So I don't remember what I wrote, but it was like another poem just freehand about like being a radiant soul because the sun is still shining on you, even though whatever you're going through in the hospital and stuff. And that made my heart feel so good that I was able to help her and her friend, you know, like special things like that keep me going. Um, mostly what I do and what I've known, what I've um, noticed about myself is I don't check up on the news. I try really hard not to, geek out and hang on to social media that much um i mostly come home i if my roommate's not home i turn on music um i've been watching a lot of well horror movies in general yeah but like i come home i make dinner i walk tight in i turn on music and i just try to stay in a stress-free environment which lets me be able to have my thoughts wander when i go to sleep at night I think about my characters and I kind of fall asleep thinking of that. So when I wake up, I jot it down in my phone, you know, so 
Um, but just music, um, skateboarding in general too, because I didn't think I'd be skating at 30. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, how I threw my back out and it just pumps me up to be able to still 50, 50 or just Ollie. Yeah. And I see all <laughs> these new guys coming up that are like amazing skaters. I mean, did you see that guy do the freaking, uh, 50, 50 handstand on, on Instagram? I don't remember his name, but he legit Ollie into a what is he, 50, 50, 50. Uh, handstand 50 50 like he always front side into a front side 50 does a handstand and then comes back out on his feet and rides away i have to tag you in it dude it was on thrasher it's too much now bro (laughs) yeah yeah for real um and then just meeting other authors and meeting people in the community that um it's kind of funny like this one i met an author her name's uh hd scarberry she writes romantic um, science fiction. So not really my forte, but I bought the book. We've been in contact for like a year or more already. And, uh, I read the first couple of pages and I sent her a message. I was like, Hey, I've never read description like this ever. This is amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I was like, well, if you ever want to write a book together, you know, let me know. I can do the horror side and you can do the love side. And, uh, just meeting people with a creative mindset that want to succeed all for the love of your same passion. That's what it's all about. So skateboarding was always more to me too than just a skateboard because my parents were divorced. I needed an outlet, made friends, how we became friends, going on skate trips and just pumping each other up. It didn't matter who you were, what you believed, didn't matter about anything except just the love of skateboarding. And it just kind of followed me my whole life. You know, without skateboarding, I probably would would have been doing other stupid stuff or just lost, you know, not having a creative mindset. Yeah. Skateboarding is a beautiful thing, especially for, uh, for, uh, creatives because it allows, it allows you to have creativity and it's, and it's an individual thing, you know, when it comes to style, trick choices, you know, all that stuff. It's so, it's cool. Cause my, like some of my favorite people are skateboarders, like, you know, you, Steven, you know, all my friends, like, you know, it, it, it shows another dimension of a person through their skateboarding and it just show you know, it's an expression that mm-hmm. you can just watch that's, you know, aside from conversation yeah. or, or, or anything else, it, it's something that's, that's really awesome. Yeah, for sure. Like even when we met the zero team, like we never would have thought that would have happened, dude. I mean, not that we idolize them, but we were so wanting to be like that. It was something different. You know, when, when I first started in 2000, let's see, 2000, 2003 dude or 2004 is how long i've been skateboarding and i remember like people Hell you yeah. could tell because their shoes were messed up you could tell that they had some different about them and then it blew up like in 2006 and now just now it's kind of cycling again and it just sucks when you have like fandom people come in and try to like rip off the logos or try to do all that stuff and yeah i don't know it's, it's not that it's become stale because the skating is still excellent, but then like you've seen the corporations have come in and it's just kind of like, oh, the love is still there, but it's the fine line between the love and the corporations trying to come in and take away from what we built as a community, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, the politics escape. I remember like when everything started to change when Nike got in the game, you know, and everybody was pissed off that Nike started making shoes because like companies like Zero and Cir- I mean not Zero, uh, like Fallen and Circo were starting to to fall off, and you know, I remember that shit. Yeah. Like there was some crazy stuff going on in the skate world. Yeah, for real, because. Corey Duffel and Jamie Thomas have always been my top, my top two. Man. Yeah, those are your dudes. <laughs> and uh, Tommy Sandoval as well. I mean, almost half, more than half of the zero dudes, you know. But uh, speaking of like the shoe sponsors and everything, I actually had a pair of uh, Silas Baxter Neal Adidas, his first one, and I loved them. They were so good. And then Hell I used to only wear cons for like a whole year. I only wore cons. And then I found out Nike owned them. And I was like, oh, man. So now, yeah, right you're now a big what I've been doing guy. is, yeah, right now I've been getting a lot of Americas. I've been back on their, on their gig. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's good shit. Yeah, I know. I haven't skated in a long time, but, you know, I really fell in love with the Vans Pro Series shit. Oh, dude, the Gilbert Crockett's were badass. Those ones oh, so my good. God. Did you see that new uh, All Right OK video? Yeah, what the? F- oh, my I'm God. You, dude, man, I am, I'm so gay for Elijah. Now. <laughs> he's he so sick dude I, Dylan reader a little bit you know <laughs> he's a little dylan reader he has a dylan yeah. reader was like a like a new era like he was like more of a new era style but elijah has uh-huh. this uh this greaser like slash i don't know he's so fucking cool i remember yeah, watching his little blue, video remember, on youtube i was like damn he's cool as shit do you remember when he was on foundation he used to wear tight pants and was more punk than greaser now he was he he remember was uh, inspired by duffel right yeah, I think so. I think Duffel was one of the first ones that uh, discovered him or helped him out, I think. I I don't know. I mean, everything in the skate news is so much in your face now on Instagram, dude. It's, it's yeah. nuts. <laughs> I remember I wanted to be Chris Cole for a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, Cole's a whole nother level. A lot of those dudes are just, you know, take a look at Day One Song, Tori Pudwell. I mean, fuck, yeah. Day One Song is, nut, is nuts. It's crazy, dude. But, yeah, skating is insane. Uh, Steven and I, obviously, Steven and I are, are good friends now, the one that used to work at Zoomies. Uh, you know, him and I and Ezra will send clips back and forth, and we're like, what in the fuck is going on? And what oh, are they yeah. putting in these kids' water now, dude? Yeah, for sure. And what's different about up here is we have some pretty good skate parks. I haven't really, I've been to a Northgate one in North Seattle that I really liked, but a lot of people up here, freaking scooter, dude all these little scooter people are all over the place. And this one guy did a friggin' I don't know what they call it in scooter term, but he did a board slide down this eight stair at the park, the eight stair handrail, and then tail whip out. And I go, how did you have enough time to tail whip out <laughs> coming out of a handrail? <laughs> what the? It's so dumb, dude. And it's, and it's it funny because like, funny. My you know, when I do go it, skate. My roommate, my roommate talks so much shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just funny. It's funny like dude. being out i'll take a win if i can go out and still do like a fucking heel flip or like a backside heel or even just 50 50 a rail i'm tight i'm cool with that are we Uh-oh. good can you hear me let's see if you can you hear me yet yeah the connection's starting to to, to bail out a little bit Huh, there we go. Okay. What were you saying? Because I only heard part of it was funny. <laughs> uh I think I was just talking about skating. I was like, I'm just I, I'm just huh. happy that if I can just do a heel flip or a 50-50 when when I'm skating, but Yeah, dude, for for sure. 
it's funny, like some yeah. kids come up and say, oh, is this your local? <laughs> what? I don't speak your guys' terminology anymore. Yeah. It's funny, <laughs> we go to the parking lot and I'm just... the old guy. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, I don't even dude, know any of these kids. it feels weird. Yeah. It's this cool kid, to see young kid kids, though, still me. rip. Like, Pedro, he's just, like, evolved. I'm like, dude, what? Dude, the twins? Oh, my. And then They're Abraham. The twins dude, are oh, so good. Abraham is, fuck, dude. Abraham, oh, my Abraham's God, dude. Every time good. I take He's like, he has such a style. Like, they all have style. Those guys have such sick style. Like, yeah. You know, I'm, and I miss it too. Abraham was like, Abraham was doing a lot of really cool stuff. Like, you know, there's all, you know, how every, you know, every couple of years there's somebody who's really pushing the scene. And uh, Abraham was yeah. somebody like in the last couple of years that was like bringing lights oh, yeah, out, dude, supporting to, like. Um, to do the flats when I donated the rail over to the flats and everything. Yeah. He was one of the big enforcers of the flats, dude. That was badass. Oh, yeah. No. Can you hear me now? Yeah, this connection starting to suck, man. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah. We'll we'll wrap up soon. We'll finish up this this last thought. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, it's uh it's crazy. We're the old guys now and we're evolving, but you know, just cuz this connection starting to get shitty, we'll 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 wrap it up, but you know, I appreciate you sharing all that stuff, man. You know, I think, you know, I think a lot of people can benefit from hearing your experience, you know, because I think people learn from each other by by listening to other people's experiences and how they, you know, how they navigated through it. And, you know, I'm really excited to see you still creating and and um, and expressing yourself. And, you know, next time you're back in Yuma, dude, you'll have to come in here and we'll do a, a podcast in, in real life. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think I'm going to be down there in February for my birthday, actually, but I'm not sure yet with the state of all the chaos. When's your birthday again? February what? Uh, 8th. Oh, dude, mine's the 25th, bro. Oh. Sick, baby. Pisces all day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Aquarius. Oh, shit, boy. Water signs. We're fucking emotional. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. From what I just read you out of the book, <laughs> you know, Mariah was telling me that a couple of days. Uh, she was in here. We we're taking photos. She was telling me that we were talking about shit like that. Now she was telling me about that, and I was like, "Oh fuck, it's definitely me." <laughs> <laughs> she actually read my tarot the, uh, a few uh, m- months ago, actually, and it was like so precise and spot on. My I had to pick my jaw off the floor, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're all damn it. I don't want to read this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Yeah. Well. Uh, Austin, I appreciate you, man. I'm glad to see you're doing well up there. Uh, we miss seeing your face in real life, missing at the park, but you know, yeah, thank man. you so much for hopping on this for, for me, man. And, and sorry about the technical difficulties, but you know, I appreciate your time and, and I hope you're doing well and hopefully we can see you soon, man. Oh yeah, man. Thank you for having me on and miss you too. Hopefully I'll be down there for my birthday. Yeah. And then, uh, before we yeah. go, if you want to tell people, you know, your Instagram, um, where they can get your book, where you can find your old books and all that stuff. So uh, right now, uh, you can get my books on Amazon. All three of them are on Amazon. Also, uh, my Instagram, uh, underscore the underscore Germinator. <laughs> and you can find my big cartel there that is a link, direct link to my books where I can autograph them for you. And if I sell from my big cartel, a small proceed of that goes to the German Shepherd Rescue and the Greyhound Rescue up here in Washington. And then uh, Facebook awesome. is cool, just man. yeah. Uh, I'll be I'll German, be sure to drop so. the links in the description. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. 
I'll be I'll be sure to drop the links and everything in there for you. But all right, man. I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you. All right, cool. Yeah, thank you for having me on, man. Yeah, Peace. I'll talk to you soon, brother. All right. Bye. Peace.